and welcome to Room Escape Divas, your podcast on everything escape rooms. Today, I'm excited because the other divas left me, and actually, no, I'm not excited that they left me, but they did an escape room trip to Louisiana, and they brought their Zoom so they could record their adventures. So without further ado, here they are. It is now Saturday, May 11th. We are officially in New Orleans. We are, we have just left our Airbnb and we are going to our first, well, towards our first escape room. First, we're getting breakfast and I'm with Mike and Ruby. Mike and Ruby had a harrowing adventure yesterday. I think yesterday can be described why I hate connection flights. <laughs> so you were like literally running towards the, the gate. <laughs> Yeah, it was just really sad because we purposely paid more for our flight so that we'd have an hour and a half of connection. But then we sat on, what is it, the tarmac for like an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> so we got there. I think our plane got to got to like parked and they put the thingy in to let people through. And that was at, I think we had about five minutes. No, how many minutes do we have? We have 18 minutes at that point to get from where we were to our new gates, which was somewhere where we had to take a, a sky train. So yeah, so it was a mad dash up an escalator, get on the sky train, mad dash down the escalator, and then we had to run all the way to the gate because we were at A1 and we had to get to A24. So yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so... Oh, streetcar! We'll be back! We're back. We had to catch the streetcar. Mike's never been on a streetcar. What? He's from Toronto and he's never been from a streetcar. Well, you're from Markham, but still, near Toronto. Never. Sorry. I just, what? Yeah, I have nothing else to say. I haven't been on a streetcar. <laughs> I've been on like a bunch of other vehicles, helicopters included, but never a streetcar. <laughs> what? <laughs> so we're just, we're just eating then we're gonna go to work first clue carré clue carré first and then we're gonna go to the crawfish festival all you can eat eat. but both both people who have transported us like in the last couple of days have been really friendly Nice. They've all been like super friendly. I guess it's the southern charm and the southern friendliness, right? They make sure we get where we need to go. And the streetcar lady actually stopped the streetcar at the main, I guess, main stop or some sort of junction. And then she asked everyone that she, I guess, expected to be a a tourist to be like, hey, where are you guys going? Where are y'all going? (laughs) You have to get off here. No, you're going there. Okay, fine. (laughs) All right. So we're going to. I'm excited for Clue Carre. It's kind of rainy here, so hopefully we'll get there in time before it rains again. But yay, we'll report back after that. Yay. And now it's time for Ruby's reviews. We have decided that it is a good idea since we're in such a, you know, since food is such an important part of traveling, we should hear about the food that we eat. So Ruby, tell us about where we just went. So we were actually trying to go to a very famous uh, breakfast brunch place. Unfortunately, it was so packed that the wait is one hour long. And Mike found a, a restaurant around the corner without knowing what type of food or what it serves or what it looks like. Basically, I was the idiot. But he was like, let's just go there because it's close. And the reviews are on average of a four point something star. And I'm like, but that's everything around here. Um, yeah. 
Anyhow, we did try it. It's like an Asian fusion inspired kind of restaurant. Um, so a little heavy for our first meal of the day. But it definitely was very good dishes. They had, um, they had lots of good flavors. They were very smart in the pairings with all the sauces and the textures. Um, there were some spices that Mike doesn't like that were existing. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what they are. <laughs> However, our dessert was finished on a super high note. Yeah. It was... It was so weird. It was very weird. It was goat cheese gelato. <laughs> it was goat cheese gelato with like a... Like it was a chocolate cream dessert Most with yeah. a goat cheese gelato on the side and then it had olive bits in it yeah and you don't think that olives and goat cheese no. and chocolate would go together but it works and it wasn't just regular olives they actually did a freezer dried olives and it seemed like they fried it as well so they were crunchy and they were a bit harder but yeah they weren't as strong in flavor and it paired very well <laughs> that whole restaurant was sort of like it was a restaurant of i didn't think this food would go together but yes. it did yeah it's like these flavors don't sound right but it actually tastes good huh like the jam on the sausage thing oh yes it was a shellfish spicy jam oh yeah that was really good yes. holy crap what is this place called May again May pop. Ah. May, May pop yeah May pop, May pop. Maypop. Oh, it's right in front of me, of course. Okay, <laughs> that's restaurant number one. So we are now off to Klukare! Woo! Just a short while ago, we finished Klukare, our first one, and I figured while we're sitting here at, what is this? Standing here. Crayfish Mambo. Mambo Crayfish Festival. Mambo Crayfish Festival eating buckets of crayfish. Uh, I figured I'd ask Mike and Ruby, what did you think of Klukare? <laughs> So I actually uh, really liked the game. It was very well uh, built. It was logical. Um, the puzzles were more simple. Um, they, it wasn't like a difficult room, but it was very clever in some places. Um, great use of black light. Yeah. And I found out that Man Pans' eyes glow green and creepy under black light when it's like flooded in the room. <laughs> so yeah. Mike? Uh, well, obviously a strong start to what we know is going to be an epic trip. So, um, yeah, we, we heard from David and Lisa that this would be a pretty good room. And this is one of their rooms that they do on their tour, which you're also doing in July. I don't know if you can still get tickets for that, but anyway, plug for David and Lisa there. Um, yeah, it just makes me look forward to the rest of the rooms. I mean, we got 13th Gate coming up. We got Escape My Room coming up and uh, some Houston rooms, too. Yeah, and we got more Clue Curry coming up. I really, I liked it, yeah. Like Arrow was saying in previous podcasts, we're always pleased when a flow is good. Yes. Like when things make logical sense and one thing flows naturally to the other. And I think there wasn't really... T I think there was only one circumstance in the room where I thought I felt like I wasn't sure if we were going to make that leap. But otherwise... I'll tell you about this puzzle okay. after. But uh, <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, no, I really, I really liked it. It was... It was easy and fun, and uh, and yeah, my eyes glow green apparently. So I should get back to crawfish. So Mike's never been on a streetcar. I have never had lobster, which shocked Mike and Ruby. So we have to find out what Ruby's never done to like complete this triumvirate of inexperience. <laughs> All right, time for crawfish. It is now Monday, May fourteenth. Our first real escape day. We're currently heading to escape my room where we're gonna play all four of them actually 
I'm super excited. Yesterday was for tourist things and not really escape room related, but I kept thinking how they might make good escape rooms. You know, why hasn't anyone done a escape the St. Louis Cemetery number one yet? That would be exciting. Those tombs are cool. Uh, we ate a lot of food. We tried a shrimp po' boy. That was delicious. My friend Nairi recommended it. She told me to go to this random store, convenience store basically, which sold them in the back. And it was great. And we ate it outside this torture house. Um, Madame Lalaurie's torture house. Yeah, so Ruby read up on that. So there's this lady named Madame Lalaurie who tortured slaves. Um, I don't think you should make an escape room about that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, anyway, how are you enjoying yourself, Ruby? You can hold it. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's been good. We've had a lot of food, although we haven't had a chance to hit the really good spots that are highly recommended because they are super, super busy. And with it being the weekend and Mother's Day yesterday, I think we didn't have much of a chance to do those things. However, hitting up all the local spots was amazing. And finding out how people are sorted in the tombs was one of the most interesting things I've heard on this trip so far. So yeah, that was very cool. But one thing I realized, I need to pack more t-shirts and shorts. <laughs> Mike, on to you. It's hot. Back to you, man pants. <laughs> it is hot. I'm, I'm liking today. It doesn't feel sticky yet. Um, and... But I guess back home, it's about six degrees Celsius. <laughs> so when I'm telling them like, oh man, it's so warm, I'm wearing shorts, blah, blah, blah. They're really jealous about it. And I don't know if I record, there was a huge thunderstorm and we're oh, yeah. just not used to storms in the South. Apparently it's a thing that they have crazy thunderstorms and they do. Our little house was shaking a little bit, which was fun and yeah. Another thing, we walked through the garden district, huge houses. We, we did a lot. We, yeah, the walking tour is good. Our, our guide was really good. The history of this place is amazing. So, or like just really interesting. I went to the Voodoo Museum. That was fun. I'm surprised again. Well, we've done one voodoo room. Yeah. I've seen one voodoo room, but like with the, with the history of it, they could have done so much more so i'm like you know if you're gonna do a voodoo room really read up on that history because it's it's interesting stuff and yeah i will yeah oh ruby so after being told for two days straight about american horror story and oh, like yeah. <laughs> how how important it was to the city or how much it has yeah. taken place in the city we decided to binge watch it last night on netflix <laughs> And we got through half the season, and holy crap, there are some weird things going on in that show. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, to the show's credit, they actually took some of the like they they took some of the history and based it on that. But yeah, the whole thing is like we went on our walk through the garden tour. Yeah, they always tell you like what celebrities live where and what fil like houses they might have filmed at. And so, yeah, I guess there's this house in uh, New Orleans that American Horror Story filmed at. We didn't actually go and see it because we were like, we've never seen the show, but now we have. So, yay. Okay, we're going to continue our walk and report back after Escape My Room.
Side note, if anyone ever makes an escape Bourbon Street, that's kind of what we did yesterday, because you just want to escape it all the time. <laughs> At least if you're not 21 and a part of here. Okay, we have just fin- we are sitting here at lunch now at it's called Couchon and yeah, Couchon and it's a Cajun style restaurant. We're going to be trying all sorts of gummy food like alligator and crawfish pie and that kind of fun stuff. We ordered cucumbers cuz we felt like we need some sort of vegetable while we're here. <laughs> we're kind of craving vegetables now. But we just finished our first two rooms at Escape My Room. Had a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed it, actually. I enjoyed their lobby is probably one of the more unique lobby experiences I've had, and the rooms, we did Smuggler's Den first, and we did the attic one, Inventor's Attic, and so the whole thing about Escape My Room is that they, it centers around a family who owns this mansion, the Delacorte family, and it is, uh, it is a made-up family, but, you know, they do a very good job of making them seem very real. So, uh, Mike, what have you thought so far? I think end-to-end it was a really good experience. Like, what was recommended to us was to go early because, they, you know, they, they have an experience at the beginning of it, which they do very well. We won't ruin it, so go and do it. Um, The other thing is they have a very good in-game lobby. It's very simple, and I've talked with a lot of owners who've kind of struggled with the idea of doing an in-game lobby, but I felt that this was a really good primer for before you go into an escape room, especially if you haven't done an escape room. It kind of uh, helps you to get those linkages. Um, Overall, yeah, when we were speaking to Andrew, the owner of Escape My Room, he was saying that we were kind of doing it in the reverse order of the releases, so newest to, to the oldest. So the first room we did, Smuggler's Den, we've only recently done rooms like those. Um, so I won't say much more than that, that'll be a spoiler. And the Inventor's Attic, it was, I would have to say is pretty tech-heavy, very task-based, but... Uh, it's pretty well done in terms of theatrical senses. Lots of good environmental effects. And uh, overall, pretty pretty decent. What did you think? I think overall, like, set design was very well done. Um, it's very immersive because they really try to sell the story and all of the game masters within the space, even though, you know, they're, they might cross with bringing other groups and they still try to maintain that immersion of being part of the family or part of the help of the family and you know we're all working together and they they try very hard not to break that immersion in their acting which is very cute and we don't see as much in Toronto (laughs) per se Um, and I think overall like the gameplay was pretty smooth they're they're not difficult puzzles it's just just getting through some of them in terms of making the connection I think we could have just been hungry or tired and the AC was rather cold (laughs) so or maybe we are really just lacking vegetables because we haven't had vegetables for the last three days so yes yeah but it's like um you know it's like do, do you really come to a different city or like like New Orleans to have a salad come on man but yeah, so I don't know what the what affected us, but I think overall it was great gameplay. We really did enjoy the experience so far, and even even their their after game picture room 
that's that's super fun it's super cute and the decor is is spot on throughout all of the rooms so far lobby pre-lobby and end of game so yeah i think overall overall really well done yeah i think of the two that we've done so far inventor's attic is probably my preferred one so far and it has a lot of cool yeah as mike said technical tech aspects to it that makes it feel like an inventor's like makes it feel like an inventor's attic you know and crazy thing and what they were mentioning before about getting immersed into the world before the room started like for instance the game masters act as curators of the Delacorte Museum basically and or the Delacorte House like they're you know it's a museum slash house and and so that's they're they're always there to tell the history to you and and everything like that so super fun and I can't wait to play the other two rooms I like my narrative brain was just so pleased so and the in game there was there are games in the lobby actually that you can play that are still in world almost and like there are puzzles you can solve while you're in the lobby waiting to do your room and it was a quite a clever uh, quite a clever way to do it so we didn't dress up yet there are costumes there you can dress up in if you want i might to play but you know i'm also someone who sweats a lot so i don't want to mess those up yeah so yes uh, we'll see what the other two are like we might be joined by Andrew later who knows and uh, he's busy building like two other rooms it seems like so yeah he came out to say hello and it was good to see him again yeah all right and now it's we're really super hungry so we're gonna eat alligators yeah so we are currently sitting just outside Oh no, Jackson Square and just St. Louis Cathedral, also known as two locations in Gabriel Knight, just tidbits there for anyone who enjoys Gabriel Knight. I'm not going to shut up about it. Anyway, we uh, we finished um, the rest of... <laughs> Please explain more about the glory that is Gabriel Knight. Um, we just finished Escape My... Well, a short while ago, we finished the rest of the Escape My Room rooms and had a lot of fun. And you could tell, like, they told us actually we were playing in reverse order, which I think we mentioned earlier. And yeah, you could tell that. You could tell which one was the first room versus which one was the most recently designed room. I think my favorite of the four was still Inventor's Attic, just for flow and for actually story narrative stuff. And, uh, you know, I think second probably for me would be the the jazz room despite our epic failures at it we i don't know if it's if it was because it was the fourth room i don't know if it's just because we're we're us uh but we we really suck at searching to begin with and we really really sucked at it here and we did not we need a lot of we were heavily hinted through that room i think um mostly pity hints we, we didn't always ask for the hints, but it was like just the game master feeling sorry for us as we blundered our way to all the wrong answers or just to nothing at all. But it was good. It was fun. And I would highly recommend you do Escape My Room if you're here, especially if you want a good, like, New Orleans feel. Yeah. Overall. Ruby and Mike. Starting with me. I'm not Ruby. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I would agree. Escape My Room is definitely a good experience. Um, Ruby was saying earlier that 
It kind of reminds us of Escape Maze in in Peterborough, Ontario. So if you're ever visiting Toronto and you want to do a little two-hour side trek, you can go to Peterborough and, and check them out because they're similar in the ways that they try to um, build like an immersive environment and kind of like end-to-end the experience is very immersive in that kind of way. Um, I would agree in Inventor's Attic was my favorite. Uh, second favorite... Well, for me, it's kind of a three-way tie, or at least two-way tie. Uh, Mardi, the Mardi Gras room, I wasn't hot about it, but like I, I can appreciate for their first room, that was a really good room. Uh, but of course, there are a lot of ask, more ask-wise than that one. But otherwise, pretty solid experience. Again, for NOLA, I mean, we've been lucky that Clue Carré and Escape My Room have been pretty solid. And, uh, yeah, that, that sums it up. Looking forward to the rest of it. So, yeah, I mentioned that it, it reminded me of an escape maze type experience, not only from, like, end-to-end where when you're greeted, you're greeted in by a character in the story or of that, inv- that world that they've created, but all their rooms belong in that same world. Um, more so here from Escape My Room because they actually... They're actually all part of the same family, and all four stories kind of link together. Um, and if you if you listen to the backstories of it, or you talk to one of your game masters, they'll give you all the tidbits if you never caught them, or if they're the, all the extra stuff that they're given as game masters and actors to kind of go through with the players. So you'll have a very good understanding of how all four rooms actually tie together as a whole story. So if they're building more rooms, then I'd be interested to know how those stories kind of tie in. Um. And, yeah, sorry, just cutting off your point. And a big shout-out to Antoinette and David, who did an awesome job. I tried a couple times to get them out of character, but they were pretty set on their characters, so (laughs) there was no way to get them out. Yeah, and I think... I don't know which one is my favorite. I did really enjoy the, the Inventor's Attic. That was very cute. Like, overall, the experience went very well. Um... What was the second room we did? No, the, the second room was in Oh, sorry. Was the first Smuggler's room called? Den Smuggler's Den. Okay. I didn't mind Smuggler's Den in terms of, like, the first part of the room based on, like, the puzzles and everything we had to do. It was quite simple. The second part of the room, yeah, it, it is a good use of the type of game mechanic. Um, and we've played a couple of rooms with the same game mechanic, except this one was well executed. I think it was my second favorite of this type of game mechanic and I'm sorry guys that I can't say what it is <laughs> and it's just, I keep pausing because I'm like how do I explain this without giving it away so if, if you've played this type of room you'll know what I'm talking about um, yeah whereas the other two Mardi Gras like their early rooms Mardi Gras and um, the jazz room I think there were a bit more of slight leaps here and there and definitely a heck of a lot more searching which may not be a bad thing for, for newbies. For us, it's just like, uh, yeah, so it's like, <laughs> what are we missing? We know we're missing a piece. Where is it? <laughs> yeah, so it's just like, oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, apart from that, overall, I'd say we've, we've had a great day. Our brains are not mush yet, which means it wasn't, like, exhausting puzzles, and we're ready for our ghost tour. Yeah, we're going on a walking tour 
that's a ghost walk basically and I'm more interested in to hear more like the interesting historical tidbits of the French Quarter and yeah we'll obviously report on that as well see which bits can be best made into an escape room you know <laughs> that kind of thing Mike and I have officially tried the hurricane which is kind of the unofficial drink of New Orleans or official depending on how you look at it I think yeah, it felt very weird walking down a street with a drink in my hand. I'm not used to that or being able to do that. <laughs> so I, it's it's it was a novelty. I wouldn't want to overdo it, but it was it was it was neat. Um, speaking of which, speaking of our us consuming things, it's time for Ruby reviews because we've eaten a lot today. That was really good. So. I'll give it over the ruby. We went to a restaurant today called uh, Couchon, which I loved and ate too much at, but I still loved. You want to talk about that, Ruby? Sure. So I did some searching before we we came on the trip, and Couchon's one of those restaurants that came up in a lot of different articles and blog reviews, and they've been very well reviewed all over, all around. And they they even have their own butcher shop, which makes a lot of their meat dishes very fresh and very nice and I in some of the reviews that I read on Google people purposely come here for the beef rib but we didn't get to try it because we wanted to try multiple dishes and the beef rib is like one heavy main entree on its own so we're like but if we eat that we might not get to try anything else so let's order all the like practically all the appetizers and we decided to still go with another sandwich as well the oysters, the wood oven um, grilled oysters, I guess was what they were called, was fantastic. The sauce was so delicious. We were just dipping the leftover bread in just to soak it all up. Um, it was interesting to have alligator. I've had it before, um, but Manda can tell you about her experience with alligator for the first time. Apart from that, we, we went to... Was the second place the place we went to just now? No. Sobu. Okay, yeah. So then the second place we went to was Sobu, which is, which the name sounds very, very Japanese-y, but it's actually stands for South Bourbon. <laughs> so that's nothing to do with Japanese dishes or food. Um, they are like a Louisiana-type cuisine. Um, we actually just went in to get quick drinks, but my main thing of going in there was for the the yellowfin tuna sashimi ice cream cone. So what it was, was it was an avocado ice cream with um, coconut. And then inside the cone itself, it had yellowfin tuna sashimi, kind of like a salsa around it. So it was very nice. It, it was it was strange to have sweet and savory, but it tasted really good. And I thought it went really well. Amanda got an awesome drink that honestly... If I drank, I would have gotten it because it sounded delicious and it looked delicious and her reaction to it was amazing. Um, I got a really cool gumbo, my favorite gumbo so far, as well as um, crispy chicken on a, on a stick. Crispy chicken crawfish on the stick. Where was the crawfish? Oh, okay. So I, I, I didn't get the crawfish part. I only got the chicken part. But well done. The chicken was super juicy and it was like lightly coated with a good batter so yeah and then now we're getting ready for a tour and then before that Amanda and Mike had the hurricane and I had chocolate <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sashimi ice cream looked 
it was weird. I didn't try it. But yeah, the drink was awesome. And I tried the ice cream part. I tried the ice cream part, but I didn't try like the sashimi on the ice cream, which was weird to me. Anyway. <laughs> it is weird. No, no doubt about it. But yeah, like the drink I had was awesome. It was called Bobar's Punch mm. and it was great. And then Oh my goodness, yes, if an es- escape room owner's out there, if you can make me feel the way that those oysters made me feel, <laughs> you have made a masterpiece escape room. That might not happen. <laughs> might be a little hard. But... <laughs> Just keep thinking about those oysters. I know, they were really nice. They were... Cheryl, we're here. <laughs> Mike's... Clever comment to make. Mike says he wishes Errol were here because he'd have a clever comment to make. And we are missing Errol. It's too bad he can't be here with us, but we're having a grand time. So we will possibly get another hurricane. Possibly. (laughs) Possibly. And a po' boy, yes, because po' boys are awesome. Or from some some fried chicken. Louisiana fried chicken. Louisiana fried chicken, which we probably should get before we're through here. And yeah. And we're going to go on our haunted tour. We'll check you all later. Bye-bye. It is morning of May 14th. Amanda here. And we're we're beat. It took me a bit to get out of bed this morning. I'm just having a quick little check-in. I think Mike and Ruby are getting ready over in their half of the house. It's pretty cool Airbnb, actually. It's got three bedrooms. It's got a washer-dryer. It's got... You know, a nice kitchen, and and uh, it's pretty pretty separate. The thing is, it's like Mike and Ruby's bedroom is like next to the kitchen, so I can't get to the kitchen until they get up. And I'm like, I want cereal. Anyway, we've been having lots of fun this morning. We are heading to a St. Louis number one cemetery tour. It's only open at 9:30 a.m. because it is still owned by the Catholic Church. And they don't imagine that. They don't really like tourists wandering their cemeteries at all hours of the day, especially when there are people mourning their loved ones, you know, coming in. So that's understandable. But yeah, the history here is really, really interesting. Heard some fun tidbits yesterday, like the actual, you know, reason for voodoo dolls in the beginning. And it was just really cool. They're basically like little prescription um little uh yeah like they were basically prescription slips you know somebody because they they didn't have reading or writing with the voodoo religion so you know if someone came in it was a way to identify who they were by putting like a little tuft of their hair onto a little doll saying like oh yeah you're the guy with you know the long hair that came in and then the little pin would be like they'd put the pin where the ailment was and uh, and like maybe a color on the pin. So it's like if it was a green pin in the stomach, it's like, oh yeah, you came in with the stomach pain and I prescribed you this root. So that that's kind of neat. It was, so that's the original not so evil version of the voodoo doll. Anyway, we're going to be doing that and then we're going to be going to Clue Carre uh, again to another location of theirs and maybe we might meet Megan, the owner, when we're there, so that'd be fun. We did meet Andrew Preble yesterday, owner of Escape My Room, and he was busy, 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 busy with other things, but hopefully we'll get to meet up with him today as well if all works well. And then tomorrow we're going to be going to the fabled 13th gate. Whoa! 
So yeah, lots lots happening, and obviously I'll check back in after we do Clue Carre, and we'll we'll do all that fun stuff. But I figured this is probably we're gonna be in a rush this morning, so better get that preamble out of the way. Talk to you soon, guys. And we're back. Uh, we just so we just finished uh, Clue Carre. The sorry, is it Metairie? Metairie. Metairie, the Metairie location, and we played their video game themed room or sorry game themed room I should be correct that it was it was really cute and I'm standing with Megan can't remember your last name already Mouton. Megan Mouton the owner and designer of the games or one of the no just owner <laughs> shaking her head at me <laughs> I'm getting everything wrong in this in this <laughs> in this intro uh you want to tell us a little bit of clue Kare and and how and your new games that are coming up yeah, so Clue Carré is actually a play on the term the Vue Carré, which is a term for the French Quarter, Yeah, which means the old square. So we took a risk naming our company that because we have to educate tour- the tourist market. But I like it because I'm a local girl and um, you know it's very uniquely New Orleans. So we have our downtown location and this one here in Metairie, which is in the suburbs. And um, we're opening our third location now, which is inside of a Surge trampoline park. Well, <laughs> yes. So we have our own space, but it's inside of, uh, you know, an FEC type of situation. So we have um, we were lucky enough to purchase the bookie from Rise um, as well as the Alien Encounter. And so those are hoping to be in beta testing <laughs> next week and set to open in June. So we're really excited about it. That is exciting. We're, we're sad that we missed the yes, I'm the sorry. beta. Oh, we no, no, no. But we're excited to see how they how they plan out, and I'm sure we'll be hearing from all the enthusiasts so how they go. And yeah, so good luck. Thanks for having us to play. And uh, yeah, and like I said, good luck with all your betas. Thank you so much. And yeah, just to clarify, we do have a team of game designers that yes. are on staff. <laughs> And um, the game museum was actually designed by Glenn Young, and um, it's been sold a few times. So we have it um, in Tennessee, in Portland. There's a few other locations. So uh, Escape Room Wisconsin has it. So there's a lot of places people can play. Awesome. Yeah. So if you live in any of those places, you can have a chance to try out the game museum. It's really fun. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So we are sitting in, what's the restaurant again? Margie's. Margie's Grill. Yeah, Margie's Grill. We are sitting with Andrew Prabo. We just got to play. He is the owner of Escape My Room, and we just got to beta his new room in the aquarium here, which is called... I can't remember. Escape Extinction Sharks. And it was it was super fun. So, first of all, if you want to just talk about a little bit about what Escape My Room is... Sure. Escape My Room is an escape room located in New Orleans, Louisiana. And we have four different experiences at our main location and a few new ones opening up around the area. Yeah, so the the new one's opening up. Do you want to explain a bit about more? So we'd played the aquarium one, but you have like a ton of stuff going on right now. And you also like just came back from Europe. So you're super busy right now. Yeah, we have a lot of projects going on um, that I'm excited about. The Escape Extinction Sharks is opening as soon as next week at the Aquarium of the Americas. And it's similar to an escape room, but not quite. Um, there's It's about 45 minutes to an hour long, and, and there are puzzles, but um, 
but it's a little bit different. So um, that's that's one of our, our experiences opening. Then we are working on Saint's Bone, an immersive theater production premiering at the Overlook Film Festival. I think the first date is May 30th or May 31st. And that'll be a, a kind of a walking performance in the French Quarter. Um, we also are working on some zoo and, and aquarium exhibits. A lion's exhibit at the Audubon Zoo is opening on Saturday, I believe. And we designed the, the whole exhibit itself. And then we built and designed a game component to go inside of the exhibit. Yeah, that's awesome. So you're crazy busy right now, like we said. Uh, from what we played, that the the aquarium one's pretty pretty great, and you kind of I think you described it to us beforehand as like a five wits kind of style. Yeah. So I think that was that was one of the inspirations. I think um, we also though wanted to be a little bit different from five wits, and that we um, we also wanted to have interesting puzzles that were a little bit more advanced for um for escape room players and so we wanted to have something in each of the rooms you go through about four or five or six different rooms depending on how you count them throughout the experience and we wanted um yeah we wanted different levels of puzzles in each room so kind of an easier one a medium level one and a more challenging one yeah it was it was great and i'm kind of sad i don't get to to see the theatrical french quarter escape we did like a whole bunch of ghost tours and walking historical tours and stuff and it'd be neat to see it through the escape room kind of lens as it were well yep we're (laughs) (laughs) we also would love you to be here so um but hopefully it'll keep running and and it won't just be this weekend and you'll come back in the future and yeah it was really great seeing you and having you in town and for those of you who don't know, Andrew is also doing talks at Up the Game. So if you, I think you can see those online sometimes. Oh, if, you've, if, if you've been to Up the Game, you can see Andrew's talks online about world building. They're like, it's really top-notch world building. And yeah, thank you for letting us do your beta. That was awesome. Nope, thank you. <laughs> All right, thanks. We'll talk to you later. It is Wednesday, May 15th. We're on our way to Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. We're, t- <laughs> We're oh, there's a cop beside us. Oh my no, goodness. He's oh, he's a coroner cop. Oh, that'd be a great TV show. Coroner cop. Anyway. <laughs> We're tired. Clearly. Yeah. But yeah, always look at me. I'm saying Baton Rouge like the locals. Woohoo. We're going to 13th Gate, the fabled 13th Gate, the whole one of the main reasons we booked this trip. And yeah. Doing it all in one day. We're going to meet a, an, another enthusiast there, Noah, who, who kindly responded to our call for people to join us. He's from Jacksonville, Florida, so we'll probably talk to him. He didn't respond to our call. <laughs> <laughs> to Errol's call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but still, he's joining us. We're, we're grateful for him joining us because now we meet the minimum. So our spot is hopefully guaranteed. 
I don't know. We still got a call about it yesterday. So we might edit this out. We don't know. But yeah, the booking has been kind of fraught with 13th Gate. I don't know whether it's a failing of the public system or whether it's actually just 13th Gate, but they kept trying to bump us to another time slot because a bigger group wanted to come in, and it kind of left a sour taste in our mouths because, you know, we're traveling. We've mentioned to them that we're traveling before, I think. You know, and, and we told them, like, when we said we only have three, but we're coming in from out of town... Can can we still do it? Like, they were aware that we were doing that. And so to be told, like, constantly, or to be told a few times that almost like we're being shamed for not daring to have enough and enough people. And also it felt like, I don't know, like the room was going to the highest bidder. (laughs) We have enough people. We have four. We do, but Noah hadn't booked the slot yet, so they were they were questioning that and and so it's kind of left I don't know it's kind of left a bit of a sour taste in our mouths because we you know it's not a great way to begin our experience that is for sure so we'll see how the rooms go we'll see if we include this in the podcast later but it's important to know right like if you have a bad customer service experience uh, you know that that shouldn't really be kept that secret and (laughs) Mike's like (laughs) yup Hopefully, hopefully the rooms will will make up for that. So let's see what happens. So we just played 13th Gate, finally. And yes, it lived up to the hype. And I'm sitting here right now with Dwayne Sanburn, who is the, oh no, just blanked on your role. Owner, Owner, designer, designer, everything. (laughs) And and, uh, yeah. So if you just want to tell us a bit about your your background and how 13th Gate came about. Oh, gosh. Okay. (laughs) So uh, I've been doing haunted houses since 1993. So that's, I've I've learned trial and and terror. That's how I've learned (laughs) how how to do things. So we've, we've been doing this for a very long time. And I uh, was lucky that a friend of mine in Seattle, uh, four four and a half years ago, sent me an article on escape rooms uh, that uh, he saw one in Victoria, and uh, uh, so me and him and a few other haunters flew to Toronto and we played uh, 17 games in three day, two two days, and uh, two or three days, something like that. And then I came back and immediately just I just fell in love with them and yeah, started yeah. building them uh, right away. And we were one of the first ones uh, to open uh, in Louisiana, the second one to open in Louisiana. And uh, of course now in the States they're all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we were really lucky that we got ahead of the curve. Yeah. Uh, on escape rooms and and also that um, it, this fit really well with my business because we are I have a fantastic haunt uh, construction team mm-hmm. of artists that a lot of them come from the movie industry and so they've got a great scenic background and and uh, so uh, we've been working together for a long time so uh, I think it really helped us to design a detailed very detailed uh, uh, escape rooms mm-hmm. so yeah, no, they looked fantastic, and they were a lot of fun to play. And you have, an, and you let us play the new one that's coming out. Uh, so we played Asylum, which opens up tomorrow officially. Uh, how are you feeling? <laughs> uh, other than really tired, <laughs> uh, you know these uh, escape rooms are uh, 
as you know, they're, they take a long time to construct mm-hmm. and get right. And, and then you, you look at it for so long, you don't know if it's good or not. Uh, so it's always at opening, it's always pins and needles, you know, to hope, hope mm-hmm. people like it. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but but I'm happy to uh, get it open so we can get on to the next two that we're opening, <laughs> and, uh, and then VR we're doing a VR game too. So we still got a lot of work to do, and the haunted house we're, st- we're in the middle of construction now too. So yeah. we're, we're crazy busy, of course. Mm-hmm. But hopefully at some point I'll be finished with this yeah. with the escape rooms for a little bit, and I can take a break. Maybe I can go visit uh, Toronto. some Toronto mm-hmm. again. Montreal I love Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So oh yeah, Montreal is great. So how long how long was Asylum in development for? Uh, a year. Yeah. 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 Sounds about right. It, it feels like every, every escape room we've gone to so far in Louisiana, they have like three others that they're working on at this. So it <laughs> feels like now is the time for all these new rooms coming out. <laughs> and you mentioned like the two other rooms, there was the spellbound one you mentioned. And uh, we have some great friends, uh, in Hammond, uh, who owned rise, uh, haunted, uh, rise escape rooms and they own uh, rise haunted houses. And they, uh, unfortunately closed, uh, their business, uh, their escape room business, uh, to concentrate on their haunt. Uh, and, but luckily for us that we were able to, uh, get two of their rooms and we're currently rebuilding them, uh, mm-hmm. in our, in our rooms. So, uh, what's of, of the rooms you have here, what is your personal favorite or the one you're proudest of? Uh, I think Cutthroat Cavern. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah we, we worked the hardest on that one and I, I feel like I got it, as uh, as probably the, of, of all of the games that I've designed, I think it's the best one that I've designed so far. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it lived up to the hype. Like, we heard a lot about it. Mike and Ruby, do you have anything? Uh, So one of the things when we are doing a lot of rooms in Canada, uh, when we're seeing all these big productions or what we thought were big productions, a lot of the people have said 13th Gate is what inspired them. Um, (laughs) How do you feel about that? I mean, like, at this point, uh, you visited Toronto, you got inspired to do it. How do you feel going back the other way of inspiring other people to do escape rooms? Uh, Well, I'm very proud that I'm able to do that, uh, especially because I I didn't really have a a big background in puzzles or anything, but I just fell in love with it. And uh, and so uh, I'm very happy that people like it, and I hope that we can continue doing that. So, do you think you would expand the business outside of Louisiana? I'm so busy. <laughs> I'm so busy now. I I get that question about once a week, and, um, and I, there's just not enough time in yeah, the day. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I wish I wish I was one of those people that could just go, go all over the yeah. place and do all kinds of things, but I just I can't. Mm-hmm. So. Well, thank you so much for, for making yes. the trip. Yeah, um, I'm glad we got to see Asylum before we left. So, uh, so good fun. luck with the opening and good luck with the other rooms and good luck with resting eventually. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for coming out. Thanks. <laughs> Well, we're just outside 13th Gate now. And so the nice thing is, is that we were able to, you know, play thanks to our new friend Noah, who drove in from Orlando to to play games with us today. So he, how, oh gosh, how long a drive was it? Ooh, um, it was definitely, it was supposed to be around 10 and a half, 11 hours. 
I think I got here in around 10, but I didn't make stops, but 10 hours around. Oh my goodness. Well, we really appreciate it. So you, you work at Disney, you were saying? Yes, I do work at Disney. I work at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Oh, yes. It's awesome. And, and you, and you've played a lot of games before this, or like you consider yourself an enthusiast? Absolutely. Um, I played after today I'm at 72 rooms, so definitely wow. not as many as some other enthusiasts, but, uh, definitely working my way up and I've worked at a couple of escape rooms in, uh, as well in the past. Nice. So what are your impressions of 13th Gate? Um, I think much like you guys I, I constantly have heard that 13th Gate is the uh, kind of the bar or like the, the kind of piece de resistance of escape rooms and that's kind of something that people always refer to as being the kind of the cream of the crop and I have to say like scenically I absolutely agree it was beautifully manufactured and um, you could tell that they have all these amazing fabricators they use for their haunts that they um, were able to utilize for the escape rooms it was just stunning they were very beautiful yeah totally you guys have any questions or hmm. no, no not, okay that, that much time, so not yeah uh, of the of the ones we've played today what, what was your favorite Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> or if you need to rank them, like, of. Oh my gosh. Um, definitely, as far as like wow factor, I, Cutthroat Cavern was just really like. It was just like one reveal after the other after the other. It was like the fact that like we took our shoes off and like just felt our. our like the sand between our toes was just like. Like we really are in the Goonies right now. It was so, so cool. Yeah. Um, but all of them really had some really amazing qualities. Yeah. Each of them, I think, had at least one, like, aha moment of, like, wow, I'm not in an escape room. I'm really, like, living this scenario right now. So that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So are you, are you staying in Baton Rouge for the rest of the day, or are you just heading straight back? No, I'm probably going to hit the road now. Oh. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, my eyes are glazed over from, like, how dark it was in there. So yeah. I'm probably going to, like, get some coffee, and then I'm probably going to head out. Um, I do have work tomorrow. Oh, uh, no. Well, thank you so much for meeting up with us and for joining us. It was, it's always fun to meet an enthusi- another enthusiast as well and to, and to play. I hope we weren't too, like, inept in the, in the game or annoying. No, not at all. I was so excited when I saw Errol tweet that, um, like, tweet that you guys needed an extra. Um, and when that came up, I was like, I have to do this. This is my opportunity to come do this before I go back home to Los Angeles. Um, yeah. So thank you guys for welcoming me with open arms. I hope that I fit in to the puzzle pretty decently. That was no. a- Oh yeah. You missed you found all this you found all the stuff that we missed searching. <laughs> he was our searcher. He was yeah, good. Was <laughs> we sent him into the scary parts in the room and he did yeah. really well <laughs> like being the guinea pig. pig. Yes, yeah, so yeah. All right, well, have a really great trip back, and we'll see you on Twitter, hopefully. We'll see you in the Slack, if you're in the Slack, and yeah. Yeah, if you're here in Toronto, look us up. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Wherever in L.A., we'll look you up. (laughs) Absolutely, let me know. I'm going back. I'm going back home soon, so let me know when you guys are coming to Los Angeles. Yes. We'll be there in the next two months, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, awesome. Thanks very much. All right, we have arrived in Houston, and we're kind of just getting settled and unpacked, and we thought, what a fun idea it would be to call Errol and see how he's doing and to update him on our trip. But, of course, Mike 
wants to make things interesting. We don't even know if Errol's going to answer because he's notorious for not answering his phone. But he doesn't have caller ID. So uh, Ruby knows... Is it Cantonese or Mandarin? You know more. I know both. Okay, she knows both. She's going to speak some Cantonese of a phrase. Do you know what phrase you're going to do yet? Well, we'll just make it a surprise. She likes it on the fly, so... All right. So we'll see if Errol is home. Here we go. Here we go. Errol, pick no, up. No, he's... That pretty much guarantees he's not going to pick up. Really? Yeah. Errol doesn't answer his phone. Really? Even if I'm even What's ringing this phone this for? Long. It might be on silent. Yeah. We're going to try one more time. Okay. What's his phone for? Make it seem like an emergency. He could be doing K-dramas as well. Or it's Poopy the Squirrel. Was it Wednesday? Oh, no, they have... Why is it is that he won't hang up. What? He is never the one to hang up. One time he said, like, bye to me. And just for funsies, I, like, I stayed on the line. And he brought it into the house. He put the phone on the table. His children and him were having dinner. Like, and I started yelling into the phone, just like, hang up the phone. And and then he was like, oh, hang on. Something's going on with the phone. Are you calling me, man, pants? Like, I haven't stopped. <laughs> like, the previous call hasn't ended yet. I was there for like half an hour. Just like, I kept it on. Yeah. And he just, he doesn't hang up. He's never the one to hang up. So, yeah. That's hilarious. We're able to troll Errol on our trip. So, yeah, that's one off the trip checklist. (laughs) So we're going to... I'll probably have to edit that because I accidentally pressed stop at some point. But but it's just really quickly. But it uh, won't make too much of a difference. So, yay, trolling Errol. (laughs) So we have just... Well, we haven't just finished. We've we've finished two rooms in Houston today at what is it called again? 
The escape game Houston. The escape game Houston. We played their gold rush room and their playground room, and we enjoyed them. They were very cute and fun, and uh, but more importantly... Ruby had ice cream. Ruby had ice cream. Ruby reviews ice cream. <laughs> I think we liked it. Yeah? yeah? Yeah, I think so. I think it was great ice cream. So it's a place called Aqua S, and we just found out the S stands for Sydney. So I'm not sure if it's a chain from Sydney, but they do a very nice soft serve where it's sea salt and it's blue. I'm sure the blue is just coloring. <laughs> they also had a black sesame and... What is the other one? Lemon. Those are their three staples. And then they did something called a black Hawaiian, which is a coconut chocolate. And Eugene, who joined us today, had that one. Yay! Yay! So, as she said, yes, we also, more importantly, we were joined by Eugene, Mike and Ruby's friend from online and Twitter and stuff. <laughs> and, and it was super exciting because this is actually, this was, your, this was your first escape room or your first official escape room, I guess, yes? Yeah, yes, it was my very first time. So what did you think? What, what was your impressions of uh, the escape rooms that we did? It, it was nothing that I ever experienced before in my life. I, I did do a escape room at my office before where we had these tabletop puzzles with backpacks and lock boxes and they're all locked and you have to do different things to figure out the combinations and it was all just centered around just doing these puzzles at a, at a, at a table. And so I, I expected that it would be something similar. So when I actually got there and it ended up being this whole sort of environment, this immersive environment thing, it just, it just really blew me away. <laughs> Any favorite aspects to it? We can't really give spoilers to the rooms because oh. in case anyone else plays it, but if you want to talk vaguely about uh, any moments of excitement you had, I think there was a couple moments where you're like, whoa! Uh, I one that's coming to mind right away uh, is that some of the puzzles required, or it was helpful if you actually had some Wheel of Fortune puzzle solving, <laughs> uh, word puzzle solving ability, and also some, some trivia knowledge, uh, particularly in the area of geography and U.S. history and, and landmarks and cities. And I was able to contribute to the team because I have all those skills and background. Yeah. Just to give some background, Eugene is, as much as we are escape room enthusiasts, he would be a game show enthusiast who has been on a couple game shows himself, including Wheel of Fortune, Millionaire, uh, Pyramid, and Price is Right. That's right. And luckily, in the escapes, it wasn't all outside knowledge. There was, it was possible to get the answers, but thanks to Eugene, we were able to extremely speed up that process because <laughs> you just you had all the answers. It was awesome. And, and afterwards, actually, I Googled uh, a game show that I'd heard of uh, that uh, I, I believe... I don't know if it currently airs, but it aired in England, uh, the UK, called uh, The Crystal Maze. Yep. Yep. And uh, so, uh, so being in the escape room environment, it really did feel like I was on a game show. So it's another way that people can feel like they're on a competitive game show with that sense of you might, you know, you're, 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 you're going to win prizes, although I guess in escape rooms you don't really win prizes, just the satisfaction of having escaped the room. But um, that same thrill is there, just like some of the uh, some of the trivia apps have today, like HQ Trivia. I mean, I'm wearing the HQ Trivia shirt right now. Yeah. Uh, it just, it, it shows that game shows are accessible to the general public, and I love that. Yeah, no, it's it was a great fun. It was great fun to play with you. We, you saw how much we s 
suck at searching. Like, <laughs> you saw it firsthand. Every single clue we needed was because we didn't notice something. <laughs> but there were lifelines, though. And so when we were stuck because we couldn't find a particular item that we needed, we were able to just hit a button and say, we need help. And that's very much like who wants to be a millionaire because there, there are three lifelines on millionaire as well <laughs> where you can request help, too. Yeah. So, again, that game show feel was there. Awesome, yeah, except we can't call a friend. We just have to <laughs> depend on our, on our game master. Well, thank you so much for joining us. So are you going to do more escapes, do you think, after this? That is my intention. So I'm going to tell my family all about the experience without the spoilers, uh, as well as my colleagues at work for uh, possible team building opportunities as well in the future. So I, I, I would say I'm definitely hooked. Yay! Thank you very much. <laughs> Another enthusiast, hopefully. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Woohoo! So we could analyze the escape rooms we did. We could talk about meeting Haley and Cameron of Strange Bird Immersive, but instead. Ruby wants me to try a durian candy. We'll do all of that stuff after. Oh, yeah, we'll do all that or stuff after. <laughs> or while I'm... A, <laughs> how, how much can I concentrate on escapes with a durian? Well, Mike's... I'm really nervous. Here, we'll hold this. You can yeah. open your candy. So you can start recording, too. We can do yeah. another quick intro. So if you've ever had durian, you know it's oh, in case you need it. an acquired taste. You know, things like natto... And durian and stinky tofu are usually categorized in this way. And like, you know, we, this trip, this whole NOLA Houston trip has been a big food adventure, trying yes, new, new things. And, and, and Man Pans, I, I got to say, is she's, she's very open-minded. She will, she'll go with anything or most things that Ruby will recommend. So I'm not uh, recommending this. I just want to see if she likes it. So my poop... <sighs> You put napkins in front of me and then said, like, <laughs> and then Ruby said, in case you need them. I'm like, what do I need them for? This is a little hard candy. I'm like, I'm going to puke into the napkins. Oh, God. So, okay. so right now, Man Pants has unwrapped the candy and she's going to put it in between it her. Candy. Yeah, yeah, it's a hard candy in between her thumb and oh, her I know finger. I, I need to spit it out, I guess, if I yes. don't like it. Yeah. Yes. So, uh,. <laughs> Here's what I know about Durian. There's a bit of a lead up. I know that in uh, Don't Starve, it is the worst thing to eat because you actually lose sanity or something eating what? it. I don't know. Like it's it's not a great thing if you if you get a durian when you plant and don't starve. Okay, here we go. So that's all I know about durian. Okay, and Manpans is looking at it, and it goes in. It's and just a hard candy, so don't try to chew it. She's making kind of what is this faces? <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> what, what the hell am I eating? Huh? It's like it Oh, okay, wait, I just like hit like some onion layer or something. <laughs> yeah, that that's what way that described. <laughs> The outer bit isn't wasn't that bad. I was like, oh, it's trying to be a candy. That's nice. And but it tastes like, oh. <laughs> like I'm shoving it in my cheek like a squirrel. And then like, and then, and then I just have to rub it over my tongue again. And it's like, 
Why do I keep doing this to myself? <laughs> well, okay, I'm not. This is a challenge. Oh. <laughs> Okay, I can, I can suck it for more than 10 seconds, or for at least 10 seconds without being too bad. Mm-hmm. So at this point, it's been in your mouth for probably about a minute, yeah. and as as, you, as you're uh, talking, you know, you, you, can, you start to smell the durian in the now room. Now it's 10 seconds. <laughs> but okay. you made a face already. I kept it on my tongue. Because so far I've been kind of like brushing it over my tongue, like just like a quick whiff of awfulness. And then I was like, can I actually hold it on? No. Maybe, oh yeah, the sides of the tongue are worse than the center. This is where you learn like where all your taste buds are and stuff. And oh, okay. And thus ends the experiment. Oh, who makes onion candy? Who makes that? What, what caveman? Picked up a durian and decided this is a thing that, like, what famine caused this to be a delicacy? Because that's the only reason anyone would eat it regularly if it was literally the last thing around Those to eat. I love this fruit. So, okay, who loves this fruit? What do you, okay, what do you make, what do you make <laughs> durian in that, or what do you add durian to to make it, like, mwah? Like Those what kind? Of... Just eat durian, like straight up like durian. Straight. Yeah, and like the texture's interesting because what happens is, first of all, the outside kind of looks like a pineapple, but yeah. like with actual spikes and it's rounder. But then what happens is when you open it, you get these pieces of meat with ha- which has large pits in the middle of each piece of the meat, and they're yellowy. And if you chew into it, there's like a layer of skin that's kind of chewy and like bouncy, and then in the middle, it's actually like. Very nice, fibrous, smooth, creamy. So now Ruby's going to take another durian candy and put it in her mouth. No. Why? I don't like durian candy. <laughs> okay. Let's just let's just briefly pause on that on that description of the physical description because I am looking at this like it is a spiky fruit. It is a fruit that says, "Don't eat me. I will hurt you." <laughs> is that what is that what pineapple looks like to you? Kind of, yeah, I'm not a big fan of pineapple either, oh, actually. <laughs> okay, okay. So I guess I'm going to loop this back into 13th Gate and stuff because we actually got to play the Asylum, which is the newest room at uh, 13th Gate. Oh. Now, I don't know if I can say this. You can edit this out, man pans or not, but there was a smell. Oh, I think we can smell yeah you know they're really good at like immersion immersion so there's one thing that i guess a bit of a spoiler alert i should have said that before um that there is a very distinct smell there would you rather smell that or this durian candy i don't have a great sense of smell so i would rather smell that because the durian candy i could taste so okay what if you just smelled the candy down I don't know. I honestly don't know what durian smells. It actually smells like that. It actually smells like that? Yeah. I think the thing in the escape room wasn't too bad. I don't know. Durian's pretty rank. <laughs> it's all, if it smells like it tastes, I would rather smell whatever was in that escape room. We won't spoil what it smells like, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> it smells like poop. <laughs> 
So, okay, looping back, uh, let, let's talk about 13 Gate. Because at th this point, um, I, I don't think we talk about 13 Gate. And today we did Escape Game Houston. Uh, yes, the Escape Game Houston. Okay. Uh, so let's pass this around and talk about it. 13 you Gate. can start. 13 Gate. Um, so, yeah, obviously... It's been hyped up by enthusiasts, super enthusiasts, owners who have played it and been inspired by it. Uh, it lives up to its hype in terms of set design, obviously, because these guys are haunters. They know how to build things, make it look real, make it look old, make it look fancy. And uh, these guys know how to make... Because we, we did Anubis back in Montreal and we knew what to expect with Anubis when that and another spoiler alert uh there was that big reveal we knew it was coming and we were kind of like I was kind of watching man pants to see what she would say and she was like wow yeah. and uh I was sort of waiting for any sort of moment like that with their other games and yeah these these guys don't disappoint in that point um and when we're speaking to Dwayne, he said, you know, we're haunters, and then we had to figure out the puzzles. You can see the evolution of their puzzles through their games, you know, between Collector, Anubis, uh, Cutthroat Cavern, and then to their latest game, which I'd have to say Asylum was probably their smoothest game. Um, and Agent 13 was actually pretty smooth as well. So, uh, you know, speaking speaking to other enthusiasts agent 13 and cutthroat are two of the most talked about of their rooms and anubis and for obvious reasons when you see the game you'll you'll obviously know uh yeah so how about you guys yeah um like mike said absolutely those the reveals the, the sheer scale of the rooms is impressive like you know, the fact that you have to crane your neck in these rooms is is very impressive. I was really... I don't know why I, I didn't appreciate this or I didn't notice this earlier or maybe it's just... Like, we, we always know that we're in a warehouse when we're in these larger escape rooms. You can see the ceiling beams. You can hear other groups doing the other rooms. And what 13th Gate does very well is they, they cover every surface. They cover the ceilings. They cover the floors. Every The attention to detail is astounding. And I really appreciated that because it, it feels... The re, there's a reason it feels like you're in a tomb or it feels like you're in a, you know, a, like a cavern with, you know, whatever. Um, spoilers, avoidance. But... Uh, but you know, it's it's because they they make sure that every surface is covered and that like, and you know, I you can't see the pulleys and the cogs behind it. Um, th for that reason too, it was difficult sometimes to predict the flow because you weren't always even aware of where something would open or when it would open. So yeah, and I agree with Mike as well about the flow of the game. I think if I was to choose a weakest one, I would say it would be the collector. Uh, I I not only because of the th like on a personal bias, I don't always enjoy serial killer themes. I think they're 
kind of lazy sometimes and and just you know what you're you're gonna get right someone's taunting you some things are dirty there's saw things i don't actually think they're that scary there can be unnerving though and you know but also because of the flow and the puzzles like if this was their first room i I would believe it Mm. and but i yeah it is interesting to me to see where they are going with their flow uh, it became smooth. Agent 13 was probably flow wise, my favorite. It's, it made sense from beginning to end. It had a very natural arc and the puzzles were fun to do. And, you know, like I had very few nitpicks with that room and there was a couple of great wow moments, even if it wasn't like a big, tremendous wow moment, it was still a fun wow moment. So, and then, of course, Cutthroat Cavern, which is the one that everyone talks about. Yep, I know why they talk about it now. Yep, I agree with them. We didn't have the greatest game flow. Uh, and yeah, you need a lot of bodies in there doing a lot of things at the same time. That was part of it. But I think another part is that, you know, we just... I, I, I think some, there was some ambiguity there um, that just hindered us quite a bit oh yeah the one thing i noticed was that the hint system was you know uh, the evolution of the hint system was what i appreciated the most because i could see like they're they're learning and they're working on things Mm -hmm. and they want to make better experiences so you know the hint system in the beginning of the games uses like you know you bring an ipad in you scan a qr code you get it and that's not a terrible way to get hints but it's not terribly immersive either but in their later games you're, you actually have a character who tells you the hints, like talks to you like a character in character. Doesn't always work. Like the sound wise, we couldn't always hear or understand what was just said. And then if necessary, the game master would just chime in. Like so they wanted us to finish it, which was nice. And they helped us through it, which was good. But yeah. Um, and then the last thing I'll say, and I, I said it earlier in my blog and to Mike and Ruby in person, but for such immersive experiences, if they're going to improve anything else in these games, I'd say it would be the pre-room experience. The, you know, that you have these amazing, massive, immense, those are both the same thing, but like immersive uh, experiences and you begin with like a, the story so far kind of monologue that is kind of jarring, not very terribly exciting, feels like, you know, I'm on a field trip in a school and and you know it's just if they if it would just like make it so much more top notch if like we were more naturally transitioned in but yeah overall amazing like i did enjoy myself there and i can see what what all the hype is about i think for me personally i like there's no doubt about it set design it's a plus 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 right like there's no other places that we've seen that it's had better set design. The amount of space, the sheer amount of space that they use per game. It's like, I don't know how you do this. And yeah, there's never any wires exposed. There's no like hidden doors that you kind of see and you're kind of like, oh, we're going to like, going to go through there. or That's going to move. You know, it's always a, a nice reveal. Even like for tech people, it's kind of like, oh, wow. It really feels very movie set. And the, the set design is created to give you that immersion. But when I think about the experience, I honestly feel like you can't 
even take in all the set design and truly appreciate it because you don't have that time. Mm -hmm. In that one hour experience with the amount of puzzles and things that you have to think through, you have to go through, you don't have the time to enjoy this beautiful set that you're in and actually immerse yourself, immerse your mind to, to take on the role of whatever you're playing to say, Hey, I'm, I'm an explorer. This is what I'm doing right now. Or I'm, I'm this, I don't know, hostage taken by the serial killer because you're just trying to get through the puzzles. Yes. You take in that first breath of wow, but then you move on. And it's, it's such a shame so I don't know if it's because we only had four for every game and that that's kind of caused it to, you know, not give us the time to run through the beautiful set design. But like Mike mentioned, we went to the, um, we did play Anubis at Action 500 in Montreal before and the set design was quite similar. Like it wasn't as nice because there were lots of finishing, finishing touches that they didn't do in Montreal. But in terms of the sheer height and ceiling and not necessarily finished ceiling, but the heights of the space, the sheer sand that's everywhere, it it was great. But I didn't feel like I absorbed it as much. And we played with a group of eight in total, including us two. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like I don't have that chance to enjoy it, to enjoy what they do so well in. In terms of puzzle flow, um, some there were some that weren't as, as smooth and as clear as others. Um, they do the haunt aspect very well, the creepy, scary aspect, and things look so authentic. And yeah, like I do totally agree with both Amanda and Mike that their earlier games, hint system plus plus how things are labeled and how things look it breaks immersion here and there for sure. Absolutely. And carrying an iPad, to be honest, is really annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, we set things down and we forget it. It's like, all right, we should bring the iPad with us. Um, and the clue system in the earlier games really, I find it silly. Like it, it completely breaks immersion to no extent. Um, the later games, especially since we got to play Asylum, it, it really helped um, you can see the progression that they've made, the strides that they've made and, and like they've understood and they've learned maybe we need to do this a different way. Um, and Cutthroat, set design, amazing. I, I completely understand why people keep rating it so high. Gameplay for us, we've had a lot of little bumps and obstacles and things that for our team specifically, it didn't connect well and we had to asked for a lot of hints per se and we couldn't understand our hints which was very frustrating it's like what did you just say um but they took away that the older ipad piece which was perfect because to be honest if you dropped an ipad in sand you kind of screwed (laughs) so i don't don't know how that would happen but yeah so and you can drop it in the other side of the sand which would also not be a good thing yeah. But yeah, and there there were very nice reveals here and there, like for every game. But I feel like I wanted more time to enjoy the experience itself, mm-hmm. to fully immerse myself and, and be able to play as as like an actor, play the role mm-hmm. of whatever it is we're playing so that I can make or like do justice to the amazing sets 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I guess that wraps it up because we talked about that for like 10 minutes. <laughs> well, no. Four minutes of that was her durian. No, no, no. That was 10 minutes too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, in short, I hope 13th Gate never makes a crazy old lady with many, many cats game because it will make it smell like many, many, many cats. Mm-hmm. Or, or public library because they probably will put as many books and drive me insane. But... <laughs> So, we also got to try some escapes here in Houston. Uh, we, we, we were talking with uh, Haley and Cameron from uh, Strange Bird Immersive, and they were kind of giving us a lowdown on everything, but uh, before that, we got to play uh, yeah, the escape game Houston. And, yeah, I guess for me, anyway, it ranked kind of mid-level but like really high quality for that i mean from end to end and again this is coming right out of 13th gate right we just did 13th gate yesterday and uh, you know we're we're not expecting much like coming into houston but uh you know set design was pretty well done in terms of details here and there uh high quality starting videos uh intro videos uh, which I know Manpan is going to talk about. Uh, puzzles were, yeah, I guess hit and miss. We did need to use most of our clues through the game. They, they were one of the places that use, okay, three hint system, but other after than that, you have unlimited. You know, I, I never really understand that, but uh, I guess people got to do what they got to do. Um, yeah, we played the playground, which was recommended from David and Lisa. They, Got one of those Golden Lock awards, and uh, yeah, really fun game. Uh, one nitpick for me is that both of these rooms like to use four digit locks yeah. on all their locks. Now, there was some direction to it, but there was uh, at times when we were kind of just floating around, like, what are we missing? Where did this go? And uh, yeah, of course, the bane of our existence was uh, searching, as always. Well, the interesting thing that Eugene pointed out is that uh, he liked the fact that he had the knowledge to solve certain things faster. And I didn't, I guess it's one of those things that it's always great to have somebody have a hero moment, especially when you're first coming into these things. Like, you don't know what to expect. You don't know what they're going to throw in front of you. And Eugene, who he, as I said, he's been on Wheel of Fortune, he's been on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and a couple other game shows. So when he saw those let, when he saw um, the thing, the thing, the <laughs> it, it kind of put those skills to use, right? He didn't really need to go and reference um, the, the reference materials. Uh, he just jumped right at it. And I guess that saved us, saved us some time. And uh, yeah, I mean, for us divas, the first thing that we would think is, okay, if they don't have any references, that's outside knowledge. That's not acceptable, right? But um, I mean, it was great to see him have a fun time. Um, but uh, yeah, to nitpick that, there there were a lot of things to do in that room. I was warned that we'd probably need a lot of people for that particular room, but we did it with, by the skin of our teeth. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, fun, surprising moments, something unique. And what the hell's with, like, uh, the whole... In our trip, we've probably been on, like, 
two slides. So three slides. Two or three slides. I was thinking that earlier. Yeah. No, no, just... It's like, wow, there's slides are a thing here, I think. It's like, hey, doesn't matter what the theme is, let's throw in a slide. People like slides. Weird. Yeah, if it doesn't fit it, don't throw in slides. I, 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 there's a room in Toronto that has a slide as well. For Why? no particular reason. Yeah. But, uh, They're fun. They're fun. You know, you open a door, you see a slide, and you're like, whoa, what's at the bottom? That, that part's cool. Immersion-wise, like, making sense-wise, yeah, I mean. <laughs> I, 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 whenever I see something like that, like, let's say, let's say it's a library and you're going into a cat room uh, with this slide, you know, I, I picture in my head a Scott Nicholson just shaking his head going, why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's... There's like a little Scott Nicholson in every room who just shakes his head and just like asks why all the time. Anytime you come across a puzzle. I was going to say like, you know, when we when we say like we had when we have trouble with puzzles, it is with the caveat that, yes, we are aware that we are terrible at searching. And and we know we try to keep that in mind. Like, yeah, when when we fail a puzzle utterly, it's usually because we didn't see something that might be right on the wall. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's just the, we do try to consider that when we critique the puzzles as well. And, um, but I enjoyed those rooms. Yeah. Like today's rooms, they were enjoyable and the gold rush one, you know, we, Again, we're terrible at searching. Any nudges we had was like, did you see this thing? And it was like, oh, no. <laughs> did you look for this thing? And it was like, nah, no. Um, Playground had a unique aspect, which I won't spoil, but it was interesting because it went against everything we've ever done in an escape room ever. Sudden, like, how are they doing this? I can imagine every, and then I'm picturing every escape owner that I know just shaking their head, like, no. Yeah. yeah so it, it was it was fun, but it was we needed to get nudged for because we we didn't want to like. Yeah. We, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? I'm doing this thing. I'm gonna. But yeah, it was it was fun and it was a unique theme. And as Mike said. Uh, my one of my favorite parts was the intro video. It's one of the funnier ones I've seen. Uh, seemed to be professionally acted, and you know, I was it set the tone perfectly for the room. And I almost wish they had carried that through to the end if if they were going to do anything. But yeah, it was fun. It was good. Mid tier level, like you know, rooms and the flow worked pretty well. There was a lot to do, and uh, but I have yet to see any escape room with like a playground theme, so it was nice to do a new theme that I hadn't seen before. Yeah, I think what the escape game Houston reminded me of is Om Escape at home, like back home. They have really good set design. Sometimes the puzzles are a hit and miss, but I do prefer Om Escape over the escape game Houston because... I know searching is our, our, our flaw, our downside, our weakness. However, I felt some of them were not fair. Some of them were completely not fair searching puzzles. Um, and some of them depended on height in order to see something to even search for it. So to me, I just, 
it was those nitpicking few moments, right? Mm-hmm. And we did have to use clues for those ones. And even with the clue, we're kind of like, what? Oh, it's like, we know it's there, but where still? So it's kind of like, okay. Um, so Gold Rush overall had some great set design. It was nice to walk through. Um, great play with the space that they have because they're not a large space. They're, they, they're a retail area. So yeah, they made great use of it. Um, puzzles, some were clever, like clever uses of materials and things that they had to, to make things work. Um, in terms of playground, yes, it was very cute. It's colorful. It's fun. It's very fun. Um, but to nitpick about it would be like, the story we got was we're grade four students and some of the things in the room just didn't make sense to me for a grade four student. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, Oh, okay, okay. Like I get it. You're trying to make it look like a classroom, but like, does that work in a, for grade four? I don't know, maybe for kindergarten. And then some other parts were like, that seems more like older kids, but you know, that's just nitpicking on, on immersion at that point. Right. Um, the gameplay overall had some very, very cool mechanics here and there. Some things that we haven't seen before. Um, yeah. I enjoyed it. We did have fun. So I, I think that is the most important thing, right? To have fun. Yes. Make it fun. The yeah. end. So tomorrow we are going to be doing another escape with Haley and Cameron of Strange Bird Immersive. We met for them with them for dinner tonight. The sad story, if we hadn't said it already, is that... Strange Bird, we we came to Houston to play The Man from Beyond, and unfortunately, they had moved locations, they thought it would be ready, and about a month ago, they told us that it would not be ready. And they've been going through, you know, the building hell, trying to get this room done. So they felt really bad, but we're all going to hang out tomorrow, it's going to be great. It's our final day full day in houston and we've been hanging out with Haley and cameron cooper of strange bird immersive and the the somewhat sad story is that we did come to play strange bird immersive but and we didn't know this ahead of time unfortunately they have been in um contracting hell and uh, it wasn't quite ready yet and of course we don't want to break any rules by tramping through an unfinished space so <laughs> so we've, we've we've interviewed you guys before about strange bird immersive and everything so please tell us a bit about how things are going right now um well in my defense you asked in february and um and i have had contractors in there since november and they said two months so like by february i'm like well yeah sure we're a little over schedule but we can't be like may over schedule here we are uh-huh. Yeah, but we we got into this thing where we discovered that the the ceiling spray in our open ceiling areas may or may not be sufficiently fire rated, and it took us weeks just to figure out what we could do, and then weeks more to to get the right people in there to to respray it at great expense, and then weeks more in rescheduling the people who got thrown off schedule by being off for a month due to the fire spray thing so yeah so meanwhile i'm like writing this whole story where i'm just like i'm fire spray all i want to do is like 
open my escape room and like live the creative dream, which, you know, I'm so happy that so many of us are in this genre. It's so explosively creative. But instead, I'm like masking walls, unmasking walls, and literally sweeping up the most heinous gunk that you would not imagine. Yeah, and when she, when she says masking walls, we mean covering the entire space in plastic. Yeah. We covered every wall, every floor. Uh, in Ourselves. plastic. We went, we went, we went to... through uh, two six-packs of blue painter's tape. Yeah, they, they were going to charge us $5,000 to do that. You know, and I've got a lot more labor time than I do money. So, like, that is a reasonable exchange when you're a small business. Um, so, like, so many little things like that have just yeah, snowballed. We, we, we got, we got uh, that done, and we, we got through uh, another couple regulatory hurdles recently. Uh, so we're, we're probably in the final weeks of actual construction and then we'll reinstall our game and and hopefully we'll be reopened in in a small single digit number of weeks <laughs> so yeah two weeks i don't know do we want to guess at this point <laughs> i don't know you said your electrician has ghosted on you that was the that was one of the things yeah and unfortunately not the kind of ghost that madame daphne knows how to control <laughs> um otherwise we could really use her right now um but yeah we i mean they're they're in contact, just, you know, all, everybody in the industry is just really good at over-promising um, and underestimating and overcharging. Um, it's a very fun process, um, but in the end, we know it's going to be worth it. We're going to be in a facility that has space for um, three stories, um, or uh, we call them stories, games, whatever you want to call them. Um, so it's going to not just be Man From Beyond. We also have another game in the works called Lucidity, um, which is a dream escape room. Um, and then the third thing, we're just like, whoa. <laughs> which is a wonderful place to be as a creator. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask about the, the the second one you're doing. So it's called Lucidity. It's a, it's a dream one? That sounds oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, I heard you call it Lucidity, and I was like, that's cool. I wonder what that means, and that makes sense to me now. That, yeah, you're basically there for a, uh, a sleep study and um, in collective uh, lucid dreaming, um, where essentially you're there to, like, you're, oh, should, I, should I tell it? Yeah? Yeah, I should. Okay. Well, um, we, we, we revealed this a little uh, bit at the immersive in our uh, yeah, in the immersive Design Summit. We have a little uh, online game uh, searching through a map of, of Houston that at the end reveals some of these details. So it's, it's been out there okay. kind of, so okay. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, essentially, um, you and your team, you're there to participate in a very like early beta test um, where you're going to go into somebody else's dream. Um, and you target a dream that they don't want anymore. So it's essentially a kind of dream therapy and it's very early stages. Um, and of course, you know, naturally something goes wrong. Um, it's not as simple as it was planned out to be. Um, and the whole adventure unfurls from there. Um, but it's going to be very much so similar to Man From Beyond where it's going to be a complete story, you know, from beginning to end, the whole experience. Um, in, in some ways it's gonna be bigger, in some ways it might be smaller, um, but we know that it's going to be just kind of emotionally complete. Um, and the other fun thing is we, we now have like a lobby to work with. In our previous game, we didn't have that at all. Like we just started in Madame Daphne's terror reading room, you know, but now like there's a whole space with like bathrooms and things like that, you know, and we're just like, well, what is a restroom for Strange Bird Immersive? We're gonna have the most interesting bathrooms in the business. <laughs> so true, it's so true. They're gonna be an experience. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, but like we're, we're creating a whole like overworld is what we're actually calling this space where it's a, a meta story that you get to engage with. So it's, it's kind of in the vein of like escape my room in that, in that respect, but we're doing of course like our own thing, you know, but like the moment you step through the door, we don't talk about escape rooms. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk about escape rooms when you're playing an escape room. You want to be in the middle of the thing itself. Um, so hopefully that will be a good adventure to add on to the experience. That's awesome, and hopefully we can make a trip out again to experience it. But in in the meantime, in the meantime, though, it is it's been great because we've gotten to hang out with you guys. We've played one room already. We're about to head into another. Uh, the one we went to, <laughs> the one we went to was called was from, uh, in a facility called Escape Again. We did their hills room. The hike. It's called the hike, and it was it was fun. It was cute, and and the owners are super nice, and we had a great chat afterwards. Yeah, they've got a good business over there. Yeah, yeah. So it's great. So we're happy to have, you know, locals to Houston to show us around too. So thank you so much for for hanging out and everything. And we're sorry that uh, man from beyond couldn't be here yet, but it will be here. And uh, if people want to come out, uh, they can come out hopefully in the next month, let's hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for coming. It has been so much fun getting to know you guys beyond your voices. You've been voices <laughs> in my ears for so long, but, but in person is even better. Yeah, it's been great having you all here. Uh, when we make it really big, we'll, we'll fly you back down to Yeah, to yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Expenses paid, of course, yes. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Hey there, guys. It's Manda here again. It is Tuesday, May the 21st. I've been home for about three days now. I have slept a lot. I have put back on long pants because it's not as warm in Canada as it is in Louisiana. Imagine that. And I have had some time to think about the trip as a whole. Mike and Ruby will be doing their own uh, recording for their final thoughts. It was just easier to do that than to try and sync up our mics for a quick five-minute thing. So we just thought we'll just do it on our own. So when last we left off, I think we had just we had, had dinner with Cameron and Haley, and we were about to go off to another escape room, which we did. And we went to Houston Escape. And it was a lot of fun. It was it was cute. It was a pretty standard escape room. It was called... I think it was called Granny's Codebreaker. And, and it was, you know, like I said, pretty standard. The weird thing was is that the GM was in the room with us, which is something I've only experienced once before. This was way... This is something Scrap does uh, or did way back in the day. And... So it was weird to have it here again. But luckily, the GM was very good at being very unnoticeable. He kind of blended into the environment very well, uh, which is impressive because me with my social anxiety, I usually notice those things a lot more. So yeah, it was it was fun. It was, you know, like it was more fun playing with the people we played with than the actual room. But there were some unique elements to it that I liked. There was also some classic escape trends that I wish would just die but what are you gonna do they're still fun so the trip as a whole it was amazing it was an amazing experience New Orleans is a fantastic city a really interesting city even with all the safety issues that I was warned about uh, and that I kind of witnessed um, I would 100% go back again. I did not get to see the whole city. I did not get to experience everything about the area. So yeah, there's still a lot more to learn. So much history, so much food, and you know, so many, so many sites to see. So yeah, 
for sure. Uh, Houston, I would actually, you know, like to get to know Houston more because I, I realized I don't know a lot about Texas apart from the stereotypes that I have been told. And being Canadian and being someone who is subject to, you know, Canadian stereotypes, I can imagine that many Texans get annoyed with just being known as cowboys who like steak and guns. So I would like to go back there again and just get to know the city more. And I would like to play Strange Bird Immersive, uh, despite the fact that we didn't get to play it. It was said that we didn't get to play it because it seems like it is my, really my type of game. Uh, getting to know Haley and Cameron was just as good, if not better. And, you know, when you find two people, when you find other enthusiasts who are like yourself, the conversations could go on and on and on again. I think we had about 50 more hours of conversation in us by the time we left, but we were all pretty tired. So, uh, the escapes. Really quickly, I think in general, what I really liked about the area was that the owners were very down to earth. They were, like, everybody actually that we spoke to were very honest about their games. They talked about the elements they didn't like in them. They talked about the elements they did like. They talked about what they want to do for the future. They talked about the difficulties of doing that. They talked about each other in a very positive, constructive way. And, you know, seeing a community that healthy, seeing a community that, like, is open with each other is really, is really encouraging, right? You can only gain from collaborating with other owners. And so you never know. We never know going into these towns and cities, whether we're going to walk into an environment like that, where everyone loves each other or likes each other and, and talks with each other, or if we're going to walk into a Game of Thrones situation in, in which we don't know who's going to stab each other in the back. So I'm glad it was the former. As far as trends go in escape rooms, you know, the escape rooms there, there were there was a lot more puzzles in each room. Even with our terrible searching, we usually finish a room with, you know, 15 or more minutes to spare. But there we were finishing them with like less than 10. So I think it's because it's the public system and there's just more rooms in general. Uh, or sorry, not more rooms, but more puzzles in general in the room to accommodate the larger play play team size team player size oh my gosh i'm tired bleh <laughs> escape my room hands down world building yes i loved escape my room and for that reason you know like anytime i say i love something keep in mind i'm not saying it's a perfect game i'm saying what was what was amazing about it. So for Escape My Room, it's the world building, it's the narrative. I want to get to know the Delaport family more. I want to see what happens to them. I want to know what their other stories are. And I can't wait to see what they come out with. It was interesting t as well. There was also a big kind of, there was a very big vibe of experimentation going on with all of the rooms, not just Escape My Room. Everyone seems to be trying out new things, which is also encouraging. And um, with Escape My Room, they're they're doing a big theatrical event in the quarter in the next couple of weeks. They also are opening up their shark experience at the aquarium. And we tested that out. And even from the test, like, we definitely had feedback and we definitely had, like you know, some, some issues with it. But overall, it's going to be an amazing experience for kids and adults to play. And I would really recommend it. So it was neat to see, and it was neat to see like it be a more Five Wits inspired experience rather than, you know, just a, a typical escape room. So, and I think for kids, that's actually the perfect way to go. 
Clue Carré wasn't the most amazing rooms we played ever, but what I really liked about them when I thought about it was that the rooms that we did play had very unique themes. I like it when an escape room draws on local history and culture, and the French Quarter Curiosity Shop definitely did that. It got us in the mood. It got us in the like. It got us into the atmosphere of New Orleans more, and it was a perfect first room to play actually as an introduction to the to the city. I liked the theme. I liked the puzzles in it. Uh, I you know there were some enjoyable reveals in it, and then their game museum. I've seen board game themed rooms and video game themed rooms but I haven't seen a game museum yet and this one of the game rooms that I've played it's probably the best implemented and I really it was really obvious that whoever designed it really enjoys games of all sorts so if you're into games of any sort there'll be something for you to enjoy in that and 13th gate so 13th gate this was the big one this was you know, one of the primary reasons we wanted to go on this trip. And it was hyped a lot for us, and absolutely the hype is worth it. As far as the sets and tech and the reveals go, it is second to none. It is not, you know, I don't think there's anything that could that could stand up to it at this point. The, the attention to detail is mind-boggling. I wish I had more time in the room just to look at all of the work they put into it. And I know that we were mentioning in the podcast earlier that we were kind of sad we didn't get to look at the detail, but I also was thinking about it, and I think that it's one of those situations where I support the idea of putting more work into something than people will see. So, you know, the... Yeah, we didn't get to look at that much, but it's there if we ever did try to look at it. So that's what I appreciate about it. That being said... Game-wise, the actual game flow and the puzzle flow still needs some work, in my opinion. They're not perfect, and which is a shame. I think it was more that it was hyped for us, but then again, things have been hyped for me before, and, and the hype's been worth it. So, yeah, there was a lot of frustrating moments, and we really thought about this and, and struggled with it in our heads, and we weighed all the factors. We weighed the fact that we were all tired, that we hadn't had a great um, customer service experience in the offline version of booking the rooms, or sorry, in the yeah, in the online bookings. And we factored in that we were smaller team size. We factored in that we aren't great at searching. And really, even with all those factors, there's still some really glaring flaws and, and, and frustration points in the rooms. So, you know, it was kind of disappointing in that regard. However, that being said, they are evolving. I could see the, the transition. I could see the difference between the first room they built, which I think was the collectors, and the last room they built, which is Asylum, which has just opened up. And there is, like, the, you can tell there's a significant difference in the game flow between each of those games and the puzzles in each of those games. And it's not just the theme that affects them. And so I'm, I really appreciate that. I really like seeing that. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how their future rooms do. I do think it is a missed opportunity not to put more of an introduction on each of the rooms to start the room a bit earlier. I can understand why that is, but it's still kind of, you know, it, it would have made a great experience amazing, in my opinion. However, the, the reveals that do happen, yes, go to 13th Gate. Your jaw will drop, not figuratively, literally. 
my jaw dropped several times and it made me feel like I was in a movie and it was great. So yes, please definitely check them out and please understand I did enjoy my time there, but I do have criticisms. And yeah, I think other than that, like the, the, the rooms in Houston, fine. They were fine. Really, they were fine. Playground was a u- nice, unique theme that we hadn't seen before. And, you know, we had fun. It was fun to play with a newbie again. You know, seeing him, like, acclimatize to the different escape tropes and everything. And, yeah, we we really hope to go back there sometime. I really hope that Errol gets to go. And, uh, once again, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. If you are following my blog, thank you for your comments. Thank you for your thoughts and your debates. It was great to chat with everybody. It was great to meet everybody. Thank you to the owners in New Orleans and in Houston for, for having us or for rather, I mean, like we, we bought the tickets, but thank you for your, for your time, actually. Thank you for chatting with us, for putting up with our nerd outs, for putting up with our criticisms and for, you know, a, a genuinely enjoyable time. And thank you to Mike and Ruby for organizing the whole thing because really they, they, yeah, they did it all pretty much. I think I, I threw in a couple of tourist things to do, but Mike did all of these escape bookings. Ruby looked up all the food. She looked up other tourist things. When we were there, she actually did the booking of tourist things. So really, that hands down to them, they are the best organizers. They always will be. And my, like, I, I owe a lot to them. So yay. And then they're great to travel with. So I hope we get to do it again. So that being said, oh my gosh, that was long. Here is Mike and Ruby, and thank you so much for listening, guys. Bye-bye. So just to wrap up the New Orleans... New Orleans. Yes, I, I should know better. Yeah. Uh, trip and... Baton Rouge. <laughs> I, I mean, I can honestly say that I learned something from every escape room that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with uh, Escape My Room, that whole end-to-end experience, how it was all immersive, all encompassing, and it can still be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it is fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 13th Gate, you know, that's sort of the pinnacle of all the set design props of what we've seen so far in 300-some rooms. Um, and it's more so like immersive set design versus necessarily immersive gameplay because I feel like puzzles were a little bit weaker in some of the games, but... Definitely. Yeah. Like, I mean, there are obviously game flow issues, but when we spoke to Dwayne, he said, you know, we were haunt people and we, we played a few escape rooms and, Loved it. you know, <laughs> we, he admitted we're not puzzle people, but, mm-hmm. you know, we, we did it. And uh, there's some old, I guess, things that they're phasing out. They're obviously learning from what they've been doing. Like, yeah. their newer rooms are obviously... Uh, I guess, taking into consideration things that they've learned or feedback that of they've course, gone yeah. With. And, uh, I mean, even Clue Carré, uh, mm-hmm. when we played that, I learned that uh, even in a place that you have, like, 13th Gate and then mm. you have, like, Escape My Room, which is trying to go more immersive, that still, um, you know, these simple games are still fun. They're still, yeah, for sure. They're still able to survive in a city that has these kind of experiences. Yeah, and I mean, for Escape My Room, what they do very well is they kind of take a theatrical spin to it, right? Like mm-hmm. like you said, end-to-end from, from entering a lobby to your exit, 
everything within that facility is its own world. They've created their own little world, their own little family that we're a part of. So yeah, they do, they have their spin on it that works for them and it is great. It's fun. It's interesting. Um, puzzle wise, uh, I feel like Escape My Room may be a bit better than 13th Gate because they might have a bit of a better understanding in terms of that because I believe... Andrew's been doing like puzzle puzzle hunts and stuff like that from before, right? Right. And it's interesting to see that each of the owners kind of have, I guess, a good grasp of their business or at least they're all mm-hmm. seemingly to do well. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have Andrew Preble uh, from Escape My Room mm-hmm. who's involved in many different projects. One, we got <laughs> to play the beta for the aquarium yes. that they're doing. And when we're saying the aquarium, we mean like the actual aquarium in New Orleans. His room's not called the aquarium. It's like a submarine room rather. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, on the other hand, you have Megan and Clucare where they have like three locations or they will have three locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, including some Rise rooms. Rise was also recommended to us by David and Lisa, which, by the way, um, all the rooms uh, that we got suggested for New Orleans and Houston, we crossed with David and Lisa, and like we can see how and why why their tour is so successful because mm-hmm. they really handpicked a lot of these really cool and unique rooms to yes. show off. Yeah, and. It's it, it's an amazing trip. It, I know that David and Lisa at this point in time, they still have a few tickets, so <laughs> don't hesitate to go and go on that tour with them. You get to meet a lot of cool people, and of course, David and Lisa. And unique experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'd have to wrap up Houston to say that uh, it's kind of a kind of smorgasbord of experiences as mm-hmm. well. Um, most of them are more similar to what we experienced with Clue Carré. Um, like, for example, Escape Game Houston, which we know is kind of a chain throughout the yeah. US, uh, kind of measures more on the higher quality mid-tier uh, experience. Yeah, it is it is a franchise. It kind of reminds me of, of Omniscape in many ways mm-hmm. that we have in Toronto. Um, they do great tech, they have neat little things here and there, but it's not going to be like that super immersive theater, theatrical look, or like the grandeur movie-like set design that 13th Gate has. So it it's more of a something you can see in every city, but yet have a good time in. Yeah, it, it's clear that they've polished their design i mean mm-hmm. even the details like the intro video for the playground <laughs> yes. was uh, very cute it was entertaining and mm-hmm. it was i mean it was a good take on trying yeah. to do a school room i'd have to say in terms of a school themed room the playground is one of the best worth we doing played. yeah yeah and you know uh, we got to play with Haley and and we got to play with Haley and cameron mm. uh who are of Strange, from Strange Bird, Bird yeah. yeah, and it's too bad that we didn't get to do their experience. But I'm again, so sad. But they were really awesome and spent the whole day literally mm-hmm. driving us around. I know. Thanks again, guys. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Um, but yeah, like we got to experience different things in Houston with them. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, food, which I'll let Ruby talk about more a bit. <laughs> um, but also we got to play Escape again in Sugarland, uh, their hike room, which is, you know, I, I can see that they're definitely... the 
type of enthusiast owners. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they were enthusiasts first and then they started to play a couple and decided, hey, we're going to be owners. And they're obviously they're going through their, I guess, their transformation stage mm-hmm. where they're, I guess, they have enough capital to start investing in these rooms. And, yeah. Uh, we got to see behind the scenes of their wizard quest or wizard room, and mm-hmm. it looks like it's going to be pretty good. So. Yeah, I wish we would be able to play it, but I don't know when we'll ever be back in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, lots of fun experiences with all that. I just want to say for my part, at least a quick thanks to Megan, Andrew, Dwayne, Eugene, who's our friend, but he's <laughs> not really escape related, but, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, he uh, came with us. <laughs> and Haley and Cameron for mm-hmm. spending all that time with us. I mean, yeah. we're just passing through doing mm-hmm. our rooms and everything, but you know, all you guys, thanks for making the time to see us. And uh, yeah, thanks for being there and like giving us your, your thoughts, your tidbits. You know, it was very interesting to learn about the behind the scenes things from some of you and to know about rhyme and reason behind business decisions and also why you built your facilities the way that you decide to build them right and your strengths really show through each of your facilities and it it gives it that unique aspect to your facilities and it's what makes them successful so keep doing what you're doing guys and just learn from anything that's gone wrong and take feedback positively and try to work it into the rooms and i think you guys will make it awesome and we would definitely love to come back so did you want to talk about the food just to wrap it up? <laughs> well, this is an escape podcast, so I don't know how much people care about food. I did post some pictures to uh, the Food Slack channel. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I think we had a great time. Like most um, most people, the locals recommend, there's really no bad food in New Orleans because of the competition, how great it is. And if, if there wasn't a restaurant that was good, they probably would have closed down a long time ago. So... Definitely lots of cool spots to check out. If you're if you're going to escape my room, um, Couchon or Cochon or I don't know how they pronounce it, but it's C-O-C-H-O-N, which is just down the street, was fantastic, delicious. They were very hospitable, great service. We enjoyed all the appetizers we tried so much that uh, Amanda wanted to order an oyster dish just because we love the oyster appetizer. So yeah, great job. Um, all the flavors balanced well. I I, th- I didn't have any of the alcohol, but you can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was alcohol. Yeah. Can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, we had a great time eating a po' boy from Verti Mart, which is just this little convenience store right in front of the infamous Madame Lalaurie mansion. So it was great. Um, and that's thanks to Amanda's friend for recommending it. We loved it. We really, really wanted to go back a second time. But unfortunately, whenever we're on these kind of escape tour trip things, food is secondary or it's a complement to all the escapes that we're doing. And of course, we wanted to fit in a lot of the sites as well. We didn't want to miss out on the, the beauties of the city or like the spots or the local things just to do escape rooms as well. So we had to find a balance. <laughs> um, apart from that, there's cool little spots. A lot of the blog lists are great that tells us about it. Um, one tool I used was the thrillist.com. They... They helped me make a lot of decisions about the foods or find the restaurants that are true highlights. And then I would match them with reviews on Google, Yelp, um, cross-check with TripAdvisor just to make sure, you know, 
are they really as good as these lists recommend? Because I know sometimes when we read recommended lists from Toronto, they're not necessarily the best or like they haven't interviewed, you know, the full scope of all the restaurants or escape rooms, right? So I just wanted to cross-check that. Um, in terms of Houston, thank you again, Eugene, for taking us to Taste of Texas. That was an amazing experience. I can't believe they have their own butcher shop in there. So if you guys are in Houston and you haven't tried this place, you really should. Um, the steak was cooked to perfection, well-seasoned, amazing, loved it. Um, in terms of our burger experience, I know one of my big things was to go to Bernie's burger food truck and... That was because we saw them on Food Channel and they came up on a few lists and blogs as well. So using all natural ingredients and starting from a food truck, they're now at like two restaurants in, I think. So I really thought that was that was something to try if they've accomplished this much. Um, my highlight, because we weren't that hungry, we uh, Mike and I shared a burger, was actually their milkshake. We I had a chocolate peanut butter crunch milkshake and that was that was awesome and delicious and very filling actually (laughs) um so yeah if you guys have questions about our food adventures during this trip feel free to slack us um lots of pictures to come still we're still going through a lot of them i think if you're looking to plan an escape trip to new orleans or houston plan the food around the escapes and you'll definitely find lots of cool little local spots Uh, I did make everyone go out of the way for ice cream because I love ice cream. So when we went to this soft serve called Aqua S that's in Chinatown Bel Air in Houston, I thought it was a great success. I loved it. I got a sea salt lemon soft serve. Uh, Our friend Eugene got a black Hawaii uh, sea salt and he really liked it. I believe Amanda actually got the black Hawaii sea salt as well. And I think she loved it as well. I'm hoping she did. <laughs> so so that I didn't just drag people out of the way for no reason. <laughs> mm. But yeah, I, like food complemented all the escapes because we had great escapes and we had great food. Yeah, and that pretty much wraps it up. I mean, if we ever plan a trip, it's always around food and escapes mm-hmm. and the occasional tourist thing. <laughs> yeah, we did end up doing ghost tours, cemetery tours. Yeah, so if yeah. you have questions on that kind of stuff, you can ask us too. For sure. But uh, yeah, that wraps up our part. Take it away, Man Pans. Hello, I'm not Man Pans, but I am going to take you out. Thank you so much for listening to our two-hour podcast as the divas... At least three quarters of them went to Louisiana. Room Escape Divas is brought to you by Inverse Genius, where you can find all sorts of podcasts on fun, geeky topics at inversegenius.com. And I could go through all the fun ways to get a hold of us, but I don't remember that spiel. So go to roomescapedivas.com and you can find it there. Thank you so much for listening and bye bye.